You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to. I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. While you're there, why don't you grab me a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Hello, and welcome to the Cinnabums podcast. Um, we are uh, back with John and Luke. Uh, if you're from... If you are a, uh, a follower of the Misfit Pond uh, channel, and you are a and you have found your way to us from our last episode with Carlos and Jake, then welcome. You, I hope that you are liking what you have found, and you don't take us on necessarily just our last Grown Ups episode, uh, which will have been out by the time this episode is out. Cause, yeah, because it's kind of funny, like. <laughs> That's a very different episode than what Jake yeah, and yeah, Carlos yeah, exactly, did. Yeah. Yeah. If you take, if you juxtapose those two episodes together, they don't fit together at all. No, definitely but, not. But each hold their own type of value. One definitely more than the other. But one is fun. I don't know, Brendan. Have you followed? The, did you watch the episode with the Misfit Pond? I, I have not been on the Misfit Pond one, but Jake told okay. me about it, and he told me that that was a good one that I should definitely watch. So I will, I will have to be yeah, with Jake's like, recommendation. Better than it's better one, than the usual ones. Yeah, yeah. Make sure to yeah. watch this one so you don't have to watch the next one. If it has Jake's recommendation, I, I always usually take it. Um, so I'm on it. But uh, I am currently editing Brendan an episode where John and I talk about uh, Grown Ups. Which, yeah, perfect, right? I wish I know we've watched together as uh, a kid. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So maybe you'll get a kick out of it. I don't know if that one's necessarily for everyone because it's more for people who are a little too obsessed with uh, grown-ups. Sure, I'll I'll be excited for it. I know that that was a film we always watched (laughs) growing up. So, and it would just be a random watch too at any occasion. So I'm sure I'll I'll get a kick out of most of it. Right. And well, I guess today um, we are ending a a comedy summer trilogy, which is why Kicking and Screaming is one of them. And it's kind of a uh, it's a back to school uh, episode, kind of like similar to what we did or like end of summer back to school. Like it's the same thing because it's, you know, August uh, 23rd today. So yeah. like kind of you're back for you're back for a similar theme you know it's all revolves yeah. revolves around like summer back to school that sort of thing um i always get the vibes of watching this movie i always get reminisced on my how i spent the day summers playing soccer and the suburbs and whatnot and that's what this movie's about <laughs> yeah you you hit the nail on the head there yeah this, this is this is back when you're getting back into soccer or uh, you might remember our JV soccer days. We didn't do it the same year, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, right, right. You know, as Jim Halpert would say, I was on the blue team. You know, yeah. that's like everyone, everyone was like, I was on. Everyone was on that colored team, like, and it always felt like it was, you know, somewhat different. Like I'm on the orange team now with these kids. You know, it's, you always like change your teammates and stuff like that. Well, uh, yeah, I'm excited to get into kicking and screaming. It's definitely one that I watched a ton growing up, and uh, it's nice when you. I remember going to college too, and some of my first early friends I met there. Uh, would reference it or 
would catch my reference to it. And it's always like it's one of those movies that's not as like mainstream, I guess, as Step Brothers or as massive. Yeah. So right. it's like when I hear someone referencing right. it, I'm like, oh hey, yeah, we we're on the we're on the same page here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a lost in the two thousands one, but like Definitely. our generation, we all we all saw it, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, and it's and it's one of the like probably not as popular Will Ferrell movies. Like if you if you want to list some of the best Will Ferrell ones, people don't always say, "Hey, Kicking and Screaming" was was like really on the top. But yeah, yeah. yeah. when when people bring it up and want to watch it, I'm always I'm always game for for <laughs> Kicking and Screaming at all times. So right. when I heard um, this was Pod was on it, I was like, I can definitely help on this. <laughs> right, and now uh, Brent and I we actually watched it on my birthday. Yes, we did. <laughs> got yes. It, which is kind of funny. It's like a random birthday movie. Uh, it's not like super satisfying of a movie. It's very right. imperfect. So it's a weird one to like watch on your birthday. But like, it, I wanted that nostalgia. I wanted that, you know. It was know. it was a good I, I vibe. It. it was a good vibe for the day, like that we had been having. We needed a movie to just like pretty much melt into and just have a good time laughing at and i just i actually just watched it like basically i know 20 I, minutes ago. I, and I just I watched it like it. 20 minutes I ago wish I, I wish i had done the same uh the same thing but as I soon as really i got out of work i was just like you know what i was like sounds good yeah. to watch kicking and screaming i was like i i couldn't remember the last time right. i watched it until i looked at my diary on letterbox and i was like oh luke's birthday we we watched that on there so <laughs> i was like okay i was like i, I just i'll rewatch it twice so i can't remember the last time i've watched kicking and screaming twice uh in the span of of a few months so it was it's, it's definitely it's definitely going to come back into my watch list right again. so you so you popped off work and then just popped popped on the film pretty much. To, to be honest, a very go. good to be honest, a very good after work movie. To be, I don't have to. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get to just get to relax and watch just watch uh, Will Ferrell drink coffee for the whole movie basically. So it was a good. Right. A good, yeah. I was like half debating uh, <laughs> drinking. Yeah, half calf. Yeah. Half-calf. I was debating drinking coffee for this episode. Uh, in like the theme of of it all and stuff but i i drink enough coffee i like i actually really don't need any at at night right now but it's definitely would you know it would have been you know it's like if you're watching uh leaving Las, if you want to do an episode Mm. in leaving las vegas with nick cage you drink like whiskey during right. <laughs> or something right. like that. or uh, when you watch um, days to confuse you drink ipa or something like that you know something, something <laughs> hazy IPA. i mean i don't i don't think they're dr- yeah i don't think they're drinking ipas in days confused, probably not yeah, no. like it definitely has that ipa feel for sure um the of a, for a movie yeah like i know we've drank some heavy oh, ipas m- while most, watching most days to confuse <laughs> We'd pull out the hazy IPAs or, or the sours um, but, for, for that. Also, Brendan, like the movie we started. Yeah, yeah, the heavy, heavy the heavy sours, the heavier the, heavy the better. Sours, yep. um, but like the episode we started with, like you connect with too, with this comedy trilogy that John and I have taken where we mm-hmm. talked about Family Guy, Star Wars. Yes. Uh, and you, we grew up watching those together too. Always, um, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I feel like we're just promoting our fucking episodes. I, I have <laughs> listened, I have like, listened to the, uh, to the, to the Blue Harvest episodes. So oh, I, you I did? Was, good. I was good. there All for right, those. Good. Good. So I I've figured been, that would been be following one those. You like 
Yeah, you'd relate to that one because we watched those all the time. Oh, yeah. Blue Blue Harvest, Family Guy, Star Wars was huge growing up. That was a a laughable thing, especially like because we, especially since they were longer Family Guy episodes slash movies that we could just pop on and wouldn't have to watch all of Star Wars, but we could watch a pretty much a a sitcom of it for for three hours and have a good time. So, yeah, those were those were always fun to go through. So, when I saw those episodes, I was like, yeah, yeah, does blue sure. harvest. Uh, I guess I guess the first thing on the agenda, uh, like if you if you if you're ready, uh, Brendan, uh, I don't think John, and John do, I don't think John and I we bought any criterions uh, in June. Oh, not this time around. No. <laughs> well, on the other hand, oh, we have uh, Brendan here. <laughs> I am the complete opposite of buying none, basically. Who, honestly, like it's good to have this documented, I think, because it's got to be one of the top like amounts for a single person on that last sale, maybe on the planet. Um, it oh, might be, uh, I, is it, like, we <laughs> don't know if we exact, have the statistics for it. So we got to in the thirties range. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We don't well, have all of the exact, the exact amount I bought during the sale this time was, uh, 40, 41, 41. Wow. Okay. Fruit in this one. I, uh, a few came in collections like this Godzilla one that I have behind me that came with 15 films. So, so you're like, yeah, I, I counted, oh, so you're uh, counting the, yeah, I counted the, 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 the Godzilla one. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then we have the Bruce Lee collection, which okay. was, I think like three or four. So, but still uh, about 30 like 30 or so without the collections so it was a it was a good amount without the collections I, so multiplied I, together, I was yeah. i was at uh i was at barnes and noble probably almost every day for for at least at least every week uh, <laughs> just going in there buying them one or two at a time so oh wow so it wasn't all at once you it wasn't all staggered it wow no i i kept going in and i kept telling myself i'm just gonna get a couple just three just four i won't i won't do a ton and then next week i'd be like man that they're coming out with more there's a few new ones i want to grab and uh i can't lie the selection on my barns was pretty good so that doesn't that didn't help my case either very much but it was it was a good haul this time around i know luke and jake (laughs) enjoyed my my time sending them pictures of my haul day to day. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I've never heard of anyone and one sale like buying that many. Um, so, like, I just thought it was worth noting. Uh, we already talked about Godzilla and Bruce Lee. What are like some of, let's not, we don't have to go through all yeah, of them. But, like, we won't go uh, through what them are some all. of the highlights? Like, maybe some of your favorites that oh, uh, yeah. you picked up. No, I'm I'm pretty excited about a few of them. I mean, obviously, I was super excited about the Godzilla and the Bruce Lee collections because those were really yeah. big. But I won't talk on those too much. The Bruce Lee one and Godzilla ones were definitely ones I would only buy when they were half off, full price. Yeah, right. Because Godzilla is like. It 100 was, to 200 it was over 200 dollars before that yeah that's ridiculous i mean the book is cool and everything it looks nice but it's it's definitely over 200 bucks but no i i continued to go in there every day trying to find highlights uh i was pretty excited to get raging bull i think raging bull was one of the uh, really excited that's ones cool that's a good one because that was a new one that they just released uh during the sale it was yeah like just oh yeah i end. knew that I knew and that. I was like, oh, is it going to make it just in time for the sale? It's got to get to the barns like the day that uh, the sale kind of gets going. I was like, perfect. 
Uh, I think one of the other ones that they came out with was Drive My Car came out during the sale, so I picked that oh, up. Okay. Oh, I yeah, forgot that one. It already came out. Yeah. It it just came out toward the end of the sale, and I was there's another one I was wondering if it would. Uh, I think Seven Samurai was one that I was really looking for and excited about because I hadn't mm. actually seen that one, and so that's gonna be right. a new watch for me. So that one will be pretty exciting. Um. Let's see. Was there one that I was super excited about? The Citizen Kane one was my favorite to open. Uh, uh, is that one new too? Like restored that one, again? That one like I Legend? think was new. I think the 4K think version of it was definitely I'm new. I'm pretty sure that they've been promoting that like almost that one was all big. Yeah. About that. Opening up that one was probably my favorite to open up just because they did a really cool design inside. As you open it up, it, it, it spells the word Kane as you open up four corners. So it was really cool to open up that packaging. Sometimes I have fun with the Criterions when you open them up and there's like oh, yeah. cool things in there. Oh, yeah, you see what stuff. opens up. It's like so, almost a oh, whole booklet oh, yeah. or right. like, yeah, there's some cool ones like and that. And then I think the last one that like really was exciting was uh, Vampire, which was, I think that's a, that's a 40s movie, German horror, way back... Actually, it's probably 30s. Yeah, Vampire with an, a Y. Yeah, right. Yeah, with a Y. And that mm -hmm. one was cool because nice. when I bought it, it came in a larger box, and it actually has a book of the entire screenplay of Vampire in there. So oh. that was really cool to buy. So, yeah, and I, I ran through a bunch of them. So, but all in all, it was it was over 45 different purchases and whatnot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> made sure made sure to get my fill for the collection. I know when talking to Luke and Jake, I, they asked me if I was going to get any more later, and I was like. Like, no, I can't. I was like, I really <laughs> I've already, I've already almost made my way through the Bruce Lee collection, and then the Godzilla collection will be next. So. Yeah, you've got your plenty. <laughs> you you're set for a winter in Michigan with set all for these a, a little while, man. Well, also the thing that factored in was, you know, I, as I was telling Luke and John, you probably don't know, it, but I, me and my girlfriend got sick, you know, for a little bit, so we were down for the count. We weren't feeling well, and so getting to these movies like was just something to do on a daily basis, basically. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Get a new Criterion and and watch it that same day, basically. So kind of gave me uh kind of gave me some stuff to do out, uh, outside of the house. But hey, it's gonna look it's gonna look even better on my wall once I'm complete and putting it up. So it's gonna look good. <laughs> Got to make right, more. Yeah, you have though, a so. you have a display in the works. I do have a display. Uh, yes. Too. It's 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 ongoing as of right now, but uh, the display still has the original 16 that was on the Cinebums instagram page shout out to your guys instagram page uh but oh yeah, yes. yeah 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 the original photo was there but now that 16 will now be added onto here so i think i gotta figure out how to fit 57 up there now so we'll have to see how that goes so how but, many of these were like were like blind buys like you haven't seen them <sighs> actually you know what john a good amount to be honest which i think surprised i surprised myself just because a few of them um <laughs> yeah there were definitely a few blind buys uh fast times at ridgemont high was a blind buy i've heard a lot of good stuff about that so and it was it's just like recently first Did time you? yeah oh, yeah things about it yeah let's reference another podcast <laughs> episode we have where i talked about it perfect <laughs> no that one uh god there were a few oh repo man was one that i hadn't seen that was a good that was a criterion buy for me and then i think one of the ones that i bought that i hadn't seen that i was oh blue velvet uh was one that i bought that i had not seen and when i watched it i actually 
became such a big fan that I ended up buying Twin Peaks Firewalk with me as well because I like the director so much <laughs> from, from Blue Velvet. So yeah, a few at least at least about forty yeah. percent of them is probably. I mean, you've box, covered so. with this purchase. Like, there's just so many bases of like yeah. cinema that you are you've gotten to from it. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot for sure. I mean, I, I even got back a lot of black and white issues as well, like double double uh indemnity yeah double indemnity was like an amazing purchase that i loved i had never seen that movie and then the incredible shrinking man because i'm a big fan of those drive-in horror movies so that'll be a really cool one to watch oh, nice. but that was a blind nice. buy as well so as well so i'm excited nice. i'm excited i mean i think a lot of people might be like man this guy's out of his mind <laughs> like, he bought 40 <laughs> criterions but i'm like i don't know i think it's like i think it's really cool and admirable when people who are like when like someone's just naturally like that into movies you know john and i used to do the podcast and i would see that john is like watching as many movies as i am and i'm like well john's not even like trying to work in movies john's just like doing it on his own doing that on like on his own time i mean i've always like i always like love that like that always makes me happy like that you're just so into movies like that you're that's what you're like down to spend your money on your hard hey, I earned it, money. I it's, might a, it's a, Hey, thanks man. It's a good thing. You know, I, I love, I love the movies. I love watching them and yeah. I don't really have a certain kind of, of movies or cinema that like really is like, uh, I spend a hundred percent of my time There's on no it. I like boundaries. To I like to change it up. <laughs> change, keep, Boundaryless. Keep, me, keep me guessing, man. So that's, that's what yeah, this Yeah, no, cause you really bought like did. any, everything. I did. You bought Lynch. You brought Bob Bruce Lee. Bob Lynch. You bought oh Old Noir. Bought Safety like, Brothers. It's almost hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you bought Safety Brothers. I, I brought. Well, I one? bought un- uncut gems from them. So uncut gems. <laughs> we from didn't them. mention that. Yet, yeah, yeah. No, that was. There, there's I mean, plenty there's that so I didn't mention. Did. So. It's a melting pot of Criterion. <laughs> right. Um, right. It's what Del Toro. I, mean, I went. I know we're talking about how the purchase might rank on the world, but I do know for sure that I, I can say without a doubt that probably in your town at that oh. Barnes and Noble, you probably are the biggest like think, cinephile in the yes, town with I, that purchase. I, I believe the cashiers uh, got very tired of me continually come in day after day, racking up the criterion purchases. I, I was shocked <laughs> they didn't bring down the 50% uh, after my first or second purchase. Cause I, I took so many. So. Right, yeah. they, they didn't have very right. many left by the time I was leaving, at least not very good ones. So. <laughs> but the one good thing I will say is because I live in Midland and shout out Midland, Michigan, great place, but not a lot of people into the Criterion. So the, the, uh, the amount that they no, have. No, I would, I would, assume, I would yeah. assume not. Because <laughs> even talking with Jake, I was asking him if he ended up picking, uh, picking up the worst person in the world. That was one that he really wanted on his list. And he told me he couldn't right. find it at the, at the Barnes for 50% off, but they had three at mine. So I was able to buy it. So I think he, he might have gotten it since I talked to him last. But, but that was when I was like, you know, in Midland, you don't really have a problem picking up picking these up so no one's fighting you for it here so (laughs) it's so uncultured it's so uncultured that i have all the criteria (laughs) it's perfect man hey you know for somebody like me that likes to pick these up and and show them off like i almost i almost love them as an art style it's cool to have the covers that are different it's cool to Um, have some of those special features oh for sure they look great they're so great to display i 
I've even I've even displayed this uh this Godzilla like one that I have that's in my room that isn't even out on the wall it's like up on a mantle in my room now so it's like it's just a cool art thing uh, I yeah. like it. So. Yeah. I mean feel free when you finish that display like send it to oh, us and we'll like post it on our page because it's probably definitely. uh it's probably a sight to behold what it's going to be you know it's going to look good for sure so yeah hoping to <laughs> hoping to make it look pretty decent now that I have so many I got to I got to be creative. So, but yeah, it was a good purchase for sure. So definitely. I, I, real quick, do you want to like, we've never done this since you've been on the show a couple times, but, uh, Brendan's an avid, uh, comic collector. Oh, I am. Uh, Do you want to plug your comic collecting like business and and page and such, and and maybe briefly talk about some of the books you've accumulated, how that's been going for you. I definitely can. It's been going good, man. I appreciate you bringing it up. It's, it's been a good time. Uh, obviously since I I had all the criterion purchases, I slowed down it for July a little bit. So had to, had to spend the money on (laughs) the criterions, Right. but yeah, avid comic collector, love collecting the comics. It's a good time. Um, yeah, I got an Instagram page, uh, bet on, bet on comics. Feel free to follow it. Uh, I just post books that I get, uh, my most recent one, I think was the fantastic four number one. So that was a huge book for me. That was my, what we call it in the business, a grail. It was something basically no one has, I think only about a thousand other people besides myself even have one and they even exist. So definitely something that was wow. really big. So yeah, it was, it's a big business, but yeah, I love it. So I, I sell them, I buy them and I trade them. So I actually got the fantastic four book by trading, not even buying. So had to trade good, a good amount of my books for that one, but it was definitely, definitely <laughs> worth it. So good to good to trade with people but yeah i have a good time collecting it so and not only criterions comics too so yeah he doesn't just collect criterions guys. <laughs> yeah, just, just, <laughs> just to get that clear not just criterions though, he collects but... it all eventually you're going to be collecting wine <laughs> I, i'm too. hoping so i got my wine rack <laughs> finally it's out in the it's out in the living room so i gotta start filling it up with some with some wines so <laughs> get that fresh wine in here <laughs> yeah i guess can get to maybe movies we've been watching lately since we um yeah before we get to kicking and screaming uh yeah you, you could start again brendan Go ahead. yeah sure i'll start i'm i'm as luke knows and i think john knows now since i've been on the pod like i'm more of a i'm more of a recent movie guy so i go to a lot of the, the newer movies that come out i'm basically in the theater a lot so oh yeah, yeah I, I saw i just saw bodies 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 twice i saw it twice in the theater both times so i don't know did john and luke did either of you see that one or is that one still no i've been meaning to get there okay been meaning to get there a good one i would i would definitely recommend it i i had a really good time so much fun that i went back for a second time so i i saw it the first time on my own and then my girlfriend came and saw the second one with me so we had just as good a time but yeah definitely that cool like very relaxed but yet kind of psychological vibe but just kind of partiers and basically the vibe pete davins it gives off whatever that is so. <laughs> yeah it's like a great idea i feel like just yeah to build a horror movie around pete davinson i can just <laughs> totally see that working in a way it is it's it's very comical but yet it's like they kind of just make the horror comical and it's it's definitely a millennial zillennial movie for sure it it's pretty much based around our generation so but yeah it, that was a good one for me that i that i watched recently 
And then I think I watched, what did I watch just the other, my August has been really light on Letterboxd because I just rewatched all of Game of Thrones. So mm. I just, uh, through August, I rewatched all eight seasons of Game of Thrones. So that took up, that took up. That takes up time. Yeah. Took up time. It was a, uh, it was definitely an expedition to get it, to get it finished, but I wanted to get it done in time for House of the Dragon that came out on Sunday. So tried to, tried to get that all right. finished up. Hey. At which that was great. I mean, rewatching that show was always a good time. So I had a I had a great time rewatching that. I, I I don't think my girlfriend loved it as much as I did, but that's okay. So. <laughs> that's too bad because it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's so great, yeah, it's so much. And then I think the only yeah, other if one you're, that... if you're gonna invest that much time in it, oh, it's yeah. hard to be like. I wasn't really awed by that, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the, the convincing to put it on once in a while was was tough, but it was it definitely was good. Uh, she, I think she liked it at the end, but she won't admit it. Um, and then I think I watched Prey. I watched Prey, which I know I think Luke, you you watched. Yeah, I watched Luke. that. John, did you were did you able to yep. squeeze that one in? Yep, I did. Uh, I did catch that uh, on Hulu. Yep. Nice. I liked that one a lot. I thought it was definitely was good. a lot better. It than was I a did. good take on it. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't have very high expectations like... going in. So because of oh, some yeah. of the last neither. Predator movies that we've seen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They kind of made like the North American wilderness a character in it, which I thought was like cool and smart. And it, it was just, you know, definitely like a good thing to do with it. Um, no, most I, I, I wish that like my one problem I was having was like, I wished that like it was, it's hard to watch a predator movie. That's not a group of like right. badasses for me. Yeah. <laughs> like if like, obviously they make the girl, she built like, she has a great journey over the film right. and she ends up like, of course they end up making her a badass cause she kills the predator. Uh, but mm -hmm. like through, through the first two act I, I was watching, I'm like, you know, and a lot of it is the this girl kind of uh, on this adventure through nature mm -hmm. for the most part. Like there's like bears. She's trying to yeah. hunt deer and shit like that. And she's kind of like struggling through a lot of mm -hmm. it. So when I was watching this, I was kind of like, what the hell? How is she going to defeat a predator? <laughs> you know, like that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And I just kind of, you know, that was so that was like my one uh, like thing where I was like, I feel predator movies are more at home when it, it revolves around a group of badasses and it's kind right. of like they're the badasses are kind of obnoxious, but the, the girl character is great. It's very, she's like very humble and just, it's like a very, uh, you know, story about the, you know, the little, the little person, you know, like that sort of thing you're rooting for them and whatnot. Uh, and it's like an, it makes it like admirable, you know, kind of a big feat for her and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Some of the scenes were gorgeous in it. I won't lie, like you said. Yeah, just, yeah. a lot of just so pretty, and it was mm -hmm. so nice to see. And I, like I'll the never Red forget... Dead Redemption yes. map sort of <laughs> deal. Pretty, you know? <laughs> just the such surreal, like, like, like outlook. Is it funny? I'm like comparing <laughs> like real nature that they shot on like <laughs> camera. It almost looked like that video game. That's how good it is, man. That's how yeah, good man. RDR2 is. That's, yeah. that's why it takes up like half the space in my PlayStation 4. You know, that's. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. 
Yeah. No, but yeah, I liked that one a lot. I thought that was a good one. I, I always remember the time when we saw the last Predator movie. You, me, and Jake saw it in the theater, and we left being really disappointed with that one. It was that was a while ago, way back. Right. But... You mean like the Adrian Brody one? Yes, I think that was when it. we were like kids. Like I actually remember liking the Adrian Brody one when we oh, saw gosh. it. Oh <laughs> uh, At least when we saw it, you know, I kind of look back on that finally. But I do remember we saw it at, like with your parents. Yeah. And I remember, I remember your dad, yes. like, after we saw it, I was like, I fucking hated it. He like, hated it. Yeah, he and was, you know what? He was I so never mad, liked man. any of the other Predators either. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? I know. I know. I think he's grown to like the original, but he wasn't having any of it that day. I remember having a good yeah, time with you guys. I was just like, I was in the movie through my dad just like, oh, I hated the whole thing. And we just, <laughs> we just left the whole theater. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> but yeah. That that's my sour taste of Predator from my dad. So I was like, all right, maybe this one will be better. Yeah. So this one definitely turned out to be. I, I'd a say lot Prey is like one of the most respectable Predators to be made since the yeah. original one. I think you most can make definitely. the argument that it is the most respectable sequel since the original one, which is kind of like, I mean, the bar really is not very high. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty low. I mean, start. Predator Two takes place in LA. It's just, it's just ridiculous, <laughs> yes. like that. It takes place in a city, right? And I think they get like gangs involved in Predator Two. I've only seen it like one time. Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely an odd one that they went with. I was happy for this one that they went with a better director too. I think a lot of the directors they chose in the last ones were were different this one was the guy that did 10 cloverfield lane if i'm not if i'm not mistaken yeah. oh okay. yeah Dan Trachtenberg, so, yeah which he, is another like, like takes these like previous ips and makes yeah. it completely different and way better they're all they're, yeah they're <laughs> all like solid yeah right i liked like 10 too. cloverfield lane it was solid and i was like this is definitely a more i don't know like more tame but also more psychological take on it and i was like okay like not exactly what i expected but this prey was the same way i was like this is an intense movie that not all predator movies are like they usually focus more on the predator than they do on like building the character up so it was cool to see the girl character get her get her due but yeah i liked i liked prey a lot um moving forward i think that the only other one i watched recently was not did either of you see not okay that one was a little a little not yet that one was a Hulu no. one that I watched too. Lots of Hulu ones. That one was basically I won't I won't say too much because you guys won't want to watch it. Uh, I it was very it was very mid movie for me, but at the same time I like to mention it just because it was it was a movie that I was like at the end I was like this could definitely happen. I was like this would be <laughs> something quite realistic <laughs> right, like right, that. Right. I know I what could you mean. I know definitely mean. see someone do this. So yeah, but I think that was that was it for my recent watches that I had That's done. That's why I get scared by Halloween because I'm like <laughs> yeah, definitely someone could come kill me right now if they wanted to. I'm pretty pretty defenseless. <laughs> this is very scary. i'm gonna talk about this first movie because it like revolves around like a family vacation uh i had recently um uh so i can talk about like this is like duo movie slash vacation report you know so it's the movie uh sideways directed by alexander payne and starring paul giamatti and thomas hayden church and so the two it's these two guys basically kind of having one of those like single guy 
like we're in a like midlife crisis like thomas hayden church is about to get married paul giamatti is a not successful novelist and they're both kind of having that those like you know like existential midlife crisis times but so and they're like letting out all of that like anxiety in the santa barbara wine country um which happens to be where i just went on vacation with my family so i watched that movie to prep for that vacation because that's kind of what i kept hearing uh when my mom was talking about where we were going because i had never heard of santa inez before Mm. uh as a former Californian, John, I don't know if you've ever heard of Santa Inez. I've heard of it. And I, it's probably because I've just seen it like maybe on labels or something before. Yeah. It, it definitely yeah, it's sounds very like, familiar. I feel like maybe there's, I've never been to San Luis Obispo. Oh, I but love I feel San like Luis maybe Obispo. there's sim- similarities. Like San Luis Obispo has a wine country and stuff like that. And I think yep. it's more remote, right? And stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah, Santa Inez like is just kind of a wine country in SoCal, uh, kind of just north of Santa Barbara, uh, and it's so and it is a great escape, especially if you like live in like very busy workaholic Los Angeles, <laughs> um, and you're just looking to get away. And like like I'd never been to Santa Barbara uh, either, and so Santa Barbara was really cool. Um, it's very like picturesque, like on the water, uh, you know, kind of like a Riviera. There's boats everywhere. There's like, oh, gosh. there's like so many, like every like, and, and this was the same in Santa Ines too. Like every single place when you're walking down the road is like food, <laughs> like a wine place to try wines and then like crafts. So mm. like, that's all it is. You'd like I'd go to towns and that's all, all it is. And I'm like, this place is great. You know? Uh, yeah. So it's, I recommend going here. Uh, the, in the film that this place is where this takes place, uh, Paul Giamatti is very obsessed with wine. Uh, and he's very pretentious about wine and always talks about like, there's nothing like a good Pinot. And he like looks down on other wines in comparison to Pinot because he says that you have to take the time to grow <laughs> Pinot. You have to put in, it doesn't grow as easy as a cab as, as <laughs> uh, Pinot, you have to take care to grow the grapes just right. So learned a lot from that movie. And I took that inspiration onto this uh, vacation as I was trying to pretend that I was appreciating Pinot as well. <laughs> yeah, um, Luke, did you try, did you try many Pinots when you were there? I tried yeah, many Pinots. You were inspired it, from this film. <laughs> it really ended up being like, cause yeah. we were just going on wine tastings where like everyone was trying to say every time about what they their opinion about every yeah. wine when like you really don't need to state your opinion right. on every wine especially because most people don't really know what they're saying like they're just like blabbering so they're all like you know this one i like because it's smooth and then two right. wines later they're like i don't like it because it's not a it doesn't have as much character. It's too smooth. I'm like, you guys are just contradicting yourself. Like, this one's bitter. I don't like the Chardonnay, but it's bitter. And then two wines later, I like this one because it's a little sour. I'm like, you guys are just saying things, you know? You either like but, the wine or you don't. <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun to go. It was like a great Yeah, escape. I love wine it's tasting. So, yeah. 
yeah yeah like well, how can you complain like on a yeah. trip where you're just tasting wines and eating oh, and yeah. like you're in this remote beautiful area um which is also why i'd recommend uh, this movie <laughs> i know i'm going back and forth a little sloppily but sideways is also a great escape uh, it's like a comedy, but like if you guys have seen Alexander Payne movies before, mm-hmm. like The Descendants or Election, oh, yeah. Election it's yeah. a very like well-written kind of based in real life, like uh, just good like script specifically. Um, so and just very relatable and stuff like that. And Paul Giamatti has like a lot of anxiety in this which is also very fun to watch because paul giamatti has that like side to him as an actor like he's very good at playing just neurotic guys with anxiety and so this one he's like he he'll like there's scenes of him just running through wine fields like chugging wine <laughs> like when he's going through anxiety and like thomas hayden church is running after him and stuff like that so yeah, yes, I, I highly recommend Sideways. I also highly recommend the Santa Barbara Wine Country if you're looking to get away. I don't think we've ever recommended Gosh. a trip on this uh, podcast before. That's uh, a first. Yeah, first time for everything. I love that. I'll have to watch Sideways before I go about go to Santa. Yeah, exactly. Barbara. Yeah, <laughs> make sure to watch Sideways before you go. For Can't go some, to Santa Barbara uh, before watching Sideways. Um, and I, I guess since we're like doing these all at once, I'll like. I'll like move to a couple others. Um, yeah. I watched uh, I watched uh, Dan in real life. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a so random pull. But yeah, I never Steve Carell. Random I've, Steve Carell pull, yeah. Yep, like uh, early 2000s? Right? <laughs> uh, late no. 2000s. So, late 2000s. Yeah, not too deep, not too deep of a cut, but... <laughs> It's the movie uh, where Steve Carell has is uh, laying on a stack of pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always thought that, like, I, I will say that cover doesn't do this movie justice because I think it makes it look like this movie is not like kind of a low grade comedy almost with yeah. Steve Carell. Um, but actually, this I thought this movie was really good. Um you know, not just like a comedy, but like one that's like like a movie that's really smart about, you know, just, you know, hu- you know, human interactions and kind of like the stage that Steve Carell's character is in this. Like he's has three daughters. He lost they like their he lost his wife. They lost their mom. And so he's very overprotective about these daughters. He hasn't had much of a life outside of these daughters. Mm. And um Suddenly, he uh, meets uh, Juliette Binoc, possibly, is how you say her name. Sure. Uh, he meets sure. her in a bookstore, and uh, they, like, hit it off. And then he goes back to this family party that he's at. Like, they're having kind of a family weekend uh, in this, like, this is kind of like, I don't know, like, East Coast Rhode Islandy town, something like by the water, you know, like they have like a cabin up there, that sort of thing. So it's like a family weekend at this cabin up there. And uh, Dane Cook, Steve Carell's brother, at least in this movie, right. uh, <laughs> introduces the family to his girlfriend, who ends up being who Steve Carell met at the bookstore. So, mm-hmm. you know, hijinks ensue. Uh, and, uh, kind of steve carell gets through a lot of this 
like a lot of the problems he's been having and not being able to let go of his wife through uh, just the fact that she's there this weekend and he, and the fact there's a lot of tension that, you know, the two like each other, but Dane cook is there and all that stuff. And uh, Steve Carell, Steve Carell, you know, really like feels connected to her. And so it's like being passive aggressive towards Dane cook and, stuff like that uh so like i like this is very like i don't know i don't think the plot synopsis i'm giving does it justice because it sounds very basic but i i think it's just like very well done um and very subtle and very smart um so i think dan in real life i i would highly recommend like i think steve Carell's in a lot of bad films uh because of like his career is has this weird trajectory due to him being on one of the like biggest shows that we've grown up with. And so I think he's, you know, as he's tried to climb out of the Michael Scott, like role, he's been in a lot of like, like weird movies and um, arguably a lot of not good ones. But I would say like this one is maybe one of the better just movies that he's been in that's not um, like Anchorman and 40 year old virgin or something like that. Right. He does seem to kind of jump around a little bit, but every once in a while he does throw a good one. And I, and I think Dan in real life, like you said, is a good one. Like he'll always throw in, like he threw in like beautiful boy and like the big short. Yeah. Right. And yeah, he's in that like battle, the sexes. Yeah. And he's, uh, he, he does those McKay movies. He did that movie, that weird one with Channing Tatum I forget what it's called. Oh, I'm like trying to like spot it on here right now. Right. He did like night at the museum and stuff like that. Like certain. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the most talented, like not only comedic actors, but just actors for me. So it, yeah, like it's just, I, I, I know, I know he's like definitely been trying. Like that's why he left the office. He's, was trying to do other things and have a more diverse career. But I think he's definitely had uh, trouble in doing that uh, just because of maybe the way he's perceived uh, by the business and stuff like, Oh, Foxcatcher is the film. Mm. Uh, oh, the wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Foxcatcher. Yeah. yeah. Where Steve Carell plays John DuPont. Mm. Uh, and that's a weird one. It's a weird Carell move. He was, wasn't he nominated for an Oscar for that too? I mean, yeah, they all were like him, Ruffalo and Tatum are all like that. They were all like nominated because it is a very immersive movie where they're required to have very immersive performances, but it's very weird. Like when I'm watching it, I almost feel like it's Steve Carell doing like Michael Scott is doing like an impression, like pretending (laughs) to be like a blind guy or something like that. You know, I can't, uh take it that seriously even though i know he on his end is very much trying to be a serious actor in this movie hard to unsee yeah. it i'm just picturing right. him his like prosthetic nose and all the makeup right. he has exactly. in that movie exactly. and, his, and he kind of talks like so low yeah he kind of talks like yes so you want to be a wrestler like, like you know, yeah are you gonna make right. weight you're gonna make weight kid yeah right, just right. uh it just yeah, seems just, his like face looks it was so a, funny a character that. that Michael Scott would like be spoofing on his own. Yeah. So I can't, you know, like I can't. Um, but <laughs> he also has like that weird movie, Crazy Stupid Love, 
yeah uh which i remember i used to really like but i'm not sure what i would think about it now because i feel like it has very odd views on like it, it has it's trying to make big statements on relationships and love and marriage and stuff like that and i'm not sure if i totally agree with them on rewatch um but it definitely is a movie that is going for it uh in like terms of being a rom-com that has something to say and is trying to end yeah. profoundly yeah. and stuff like that right. definitely that's, one of that's those a... definitely one of those like early 2010 romantic comedy yeah. movies that yep. fit in there so i mean mm-hmm. At least I think that's when it, I think that's when it came out. It was early two thousand. Yeah, no, two twenty eleven. Okay, yeah. Uh, so it it was right there. It was so, a big yeah. one too when it came out. Everyone watched that trailer where Gosling's like, you know, trying to man him up and be like, right. you gotta wear a suit like this, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's like beginning of Stone Gosling yes. like fandom, like where everyone wants to see together all the time and. You know, there's that clip of Emma Stone in the trailers going like, you kidding me? It's like, it's photoshopped, you know, right. like yeah, everyone's <laughs> everyone knows that moment. Yeah. yeah. Big movie, big movie. I mean, it's yes. got Marissa Tomei as a yeah. side character, wow, Kevin yeah. Bacon as a side character. The leads are Carell and Julianne Moore and Stone and Gosling. Yeah. I mean, huge movie. Yeah, that cast was stocked. Completely big. Crazy. Uh, but anyways, uh, that's because I watched uh what what was that from (laughs) what did i watch dan in real life (laughs) dan in real life thank you (laughs) see i guess it's not that memorable of a movie but (laughs) i i guess i will end this short movie bender by uh saying last night uh i watched uh light year oh okay um and i remember john we were talking about uh like the trailers last episode, right? We were talking about how trailers, you know, leave an impression about that, you yep. know, because we don't do that often. And Brendan, I know you can uh, definitely respect that as a guy who goes to the movies a lot. So you probably have a lot of the trailers that are coming up memorized. And, Most definitely. I've, um, I think I've seen my fair share of every trailer that's come out. Right, this year, right. So. <laughs> and that is part of the fun of it. It like is. You go back is. to the movies and you're like, oh, I know how this trailer goes beat for beat. Right. I can't wait to see that, you know? Definitely. And Lightyear was one that where I was like, this trailer is good. You know, <laughs> this trailer is good. Like, I, I didn't know if I was going to see it, but I definitely liked the the star man. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah. like, he's like taken off into space. Right. And it's like, Buzz Lightyear. I was like, this is great. Like, they, that was a great idea to, you know, for this trailer. Oh, um, yeah. Then, the you know, the movie came out. I didn't see it. And I did not hear good things. I heard it wasn't good. Then there's like Tim Allen says, Tim Allen says, uh, makes famous headlines, says it has no connection to Buzz Lightyear, which I wasn't surprised by either. I mean, so despite those things, I still watched it because I was like, I want to see it uh, just to say I saw it. And we did cover Toy Story 1 and 2 last year. So if you watch, listen to this podcast for that long, you know that we are passionate about Toy Story here. And you're damn right. Buzz Lightyear. Heck yeah. <laughs> right. And so unfortunately, I did not like Lightyear very much. Um, I'm going to be like, 
I'm not going to be very harsh. I'm going to try to be not harsh because I know this is a movie for kids. Like, so I'm not going to like, <laughs> yeah. you know, shit on this. Like they're trying to like make it for the new generation of children. And they do put in a lot of effort into world building here and like creating a kind of a new story. Like there, this is not like a cookie cutter story where I feel like they took it easy. Like there's, it's actually kind of um, like intricate for a kid's movie. Uh, they play actually a lot into that, like, like the interstellar, like everyone ages more <laughs> and stuff like that. And right. except that, you know, they don't get as like messed up and existential with it because <laughs> it's for kids. Um, and, and, and also like this movie has an animation budget, like on it, mm. like while I was watching, I'm like, wow, we are in new territory all the time. Like Incredible. there's so many set pieces and stuff like that. But I have to agree with Tim Allen as in that I felt no connection to the actual Buzz Lightyear. It had a little bit to do with the writing and it had a little bit to do with that Tim Allen doesn't voice him. Uh, Chris Evans does not, is, it's not enough, you know? Buzz Lightyear is so associated with Tim Allen's voice to me. Uh, and the oh, fact yeah. that it's, Chris Evans instead. Sometimes he doesn't sound a thing. Sometimes he sounds like Buzz, like a younger Buzz. Sometimes he doesn't sound a thing like Buzz. And I, at that point, I was just kind of like, damn, like, what is this? Like, this isn't even like, this is not a Buzz Lightyear movie, you know? And like, the, it's a lot of recycled lines from Toy Story 1 Definitely. and 2 of things that Buzz says to bring it back and... Uh, yeah, it, it just wasn't, I, I didn't feel, uh, it was like, I just felt it was there to get new kids into Buzz Lightyear. And, and as for someone who grew up with the Buzz Lightyear that actually has a lot of like rich character and like things that I grew, you know, a lot of themes that I grew up with as a kid that like helped shape me and stuff. This doesn't have any of that. So I just felt very uh, disappointed and I like really couldn't wait for it to be over as well. Cause I did not, I just didn't feel any connection towards it. It's too bad. Man. It is. Yeah. It, it's also it confusing why uh, they have a young, they have to have a different actor be young Buzz Lightyear when he's just, you know, he's a toy. So he's made that say, you know, he doesn't grow. It's just like a, like of course he's always Buzz Lightyear, and who's Buzz Lightyear? It's Tim Allen. Yeah, I don't. Right. Right. It would be weird to have the toy have a different voice than what they have on uh, on the actual movie. So, yeah, this movie was one I memorized the trailer for and was excited right. for it when was I a went good in. Trailer. It was a it great was... trailer. I loved it. <laughs> but I think they they really dulled down on a lot of they really deep dived into a lot of the comedy aspects which i mean it's a kids movie like you said i can't i can't really dig on it too hard well yeah. but it was yeah it was it dragged for me i think toward the end that was for something sure. it, i it, really it dragged i, I was to... like i wanted to shut it off last night but i was like i gotta get the login on letterbox gotta keep so, it yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> gotta make sure and they they did throw in a lot of the lines from toy story every once in a while to, to help my fandom stay alive but at the same time i was like maybe they just threw that in there because i'm watching it yeah because people like me are watching it not because they'd actually fit the movie <laughs> so i was like okay but no, this was this is really low on my. I, I didn't care about any of the new characters, you know. Like once again, 
you know they like like they they have that cat in there right um they have like a they have like a um like a siri for buzz's ship called ivan i'm like supposed to like at the end they're like oh welcome back ivan as they're like about to take off right. and <laughs> ivan's like hello sir and i'm like i'm really supposed to care about ivan in this right. <laughs> like I'm, after all this i'm supposed to like take away that ivan's important you know yeah, they dedicated it to Ivan, basically. Maybe. And there all are there are also um after credit scenes, yeah. in which they are hinting that there is more to this Buzz Lightyear trilogy. And I was like, damn, like I am not tuning in for that. Kiki Palmer voiced um right. the daughter uh, of his yeah. uh of his like shipmate from in the past. Right. right. And I was like looking, and I was like, man, I was like, she did Nope this year, and that was so good. And I was like, and then she voiced this one, and I was like, this movie doesn't fit yeah. her, her talents for what she's did. The cast was no. there. I was just like, okay. But yeah, Tim Allen, I think, coming out saying it wasn't part of Toy Story was almost like a hint of him saying, I don't love this movie either, because he right. just, he was like, I don't want to put my name on it or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just like a little offended by this movie because I am a Buzz Lightyear guy. Right. right. You know, Buzz Lightyear was a big deal to me. I owned two different toys, you know, and Buzz was my guy. So big Lightyear head movie, growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Disney, you've ruined you've ruined Buzz for Luke. We gotta we gotta talk to somebody. Yeah, I'm not about this new buzz. I only, yeah. I'm gonna make my own Buzz Lightyear, and I'm gonna do it right. right. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's the that's the end of my bender. I guess I could, could touch quickly on. I'm trying to get into the Quentin Tarantino uh, podcast that he has, the Video Archives okay. podcast, because I get nice. a kick out of Quentin Tarantino and how big of a nerd he is. And that's definitely what this podcast is. And I, so I'm watching the, I watched like the movies that are on his like first episode of the podcast. And nice. uh, there are these two movies that are such like deep cuts. It's like this John wow. Carpenter movie that he made like when he was in film school with Dan O'Banion, who apparently like wrote Alien. And oh. so it's like an interesting collaboration. And that, yeah, and then it's this movie called Cocaine Cowboys, which actually features uh, Andy Warhol as an actor in it. And so it's these two weird like movies that I would never watch, um, but are like, like I found out because of Quentin Tarantino's podcast. And it's definitely the type of movies where I'm like, I can totally see why these guys, like I was a little bored during both films, but I can see why these guys are into it because they are such movie nerds that for them, it's like, just like the fact that they exist for them is probably gets their juices flowing, you know? Nice. I didn't know Tarantino had a podcast. You yeah, it's called uh, uh, the Video it. Archives Podcast. So it's like, okay. it's based on the fact that Quentin Tarantino bought basically when had that video store that everyone everyone knows that he worked at before he became a director like before it shut down quentin tarantino bought all the v vhs tapes <laughs> like all of them so a little a little uh, relating to brendan here today uh he bought up the yeah. tapes he's, he's quentin tarantino the... <laughs> bought like the whole inventory of this store 
It's great. And so they are like the podcast is basically basically based off of them going through some of those like VHS tapes that they used to watch when him and Quentin and Roger Avery would work at the store and just watch a lot of movies. Wow. I'll have to throw that on my list for watching for podcasts. So I bet that sounds Yeah, it's really, cool because you can follow great. along and watch the weird movies right. that they talk about and stuff. More movies to purchase. It's on my list. <laughs> right. But yeah, um, that's my uh, thing. Uh, uh, John, do you, uh, what are your reports? <laughs> yeah, let's see. Well, I don't have a ton of uh, letterbox logs recently. Uh, yeah, not, not to pull excuses, but it's it's just been a busy time. But uh, yeah, but I'm trying to um, trying to fix that now. And I started with when when I'm a little bit busy, I tend to you know go more towards like YouTube video, mindless watching, uh, you know, in my uh, downtime. But uh, in that time, I saw that Wilco. Speaking of Criterion, Wilco was in the Criterion closet, and they uh, just posted the video for that the other day. And um, I am a I, I basically worship. The ground where jeff tweedy walks and he uh he recommended being there and i'd never seen being there i'd seen uh hal ashby did harold and maude too right yeah and the, yeah, uh, yeah. the last detail right right so yeah i was uh i was excited to uh to get back into this i was like jeff tweedy recommends it i'm gonna watch it so uh yeah kind of like tarantino it's uh taking a recommendation uh, right. It's making me more interested in seeing it. And uh, yeah, I really, really loved being there. Um, yeah. Peter, I don't think I've seen Peter Sellers in a role besides Pink Panther or um, mm. Dr. Strangelove, really. So, uh, same, same. Um, yeah, and he's very different in this. So, yeah, yeah, he's he's very different. And it's uh, it's such a like nice, pleasant movie it really really like silly too and it's just uh i don't it was very heartwarming just to see this very simple man go through life and have all mm-hmm. these people you know um sort of assume the best of him uh, or or just assume you know what he's that he's this eccentric smart right. witty uh guy but uh yeah yeah really really just nice film to watch and uh yeah i'm glad i mm-hmm. glad i caught it uh it does definitely has a cool uh criterion cover uh, as well to add right to the... yeah it's oh, very man. iconic of him yeah. like in, in the sky with his like just the shape of him with his like hat i believe and yeah. like an umbrella yeah. or something like that yes yeah I being think... there is good like that really hit hit hard for me when i saw it i remember uh i was trying to watch like all of hal hal ashby's movies and this is definitely one of the more uh, like along with Harold and Maude, one of the more like I feel like sad and like they all kind of they all kind of are very like sentimental and sad. Yeah. But are also are. like very real comedies too. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I like them so much. And then they're also from the seventies and who doesn't love that too? So <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hal Ashby's right. definitely like an old favorite of mine at you know at this point. Yeah, Hal Ashby's got good ones. One of my Criterion pickups was Shampoo. One of Hal Ashby's. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, great uh, costumes with. Uh, yep. Is it Ned Ned Beatty? Ned Beatty looks, mm-hmm. you know, as usual, really great in the costumes in this. And yeah, Shampoo's good. That's a that, that's a cool one to buy. Being there and Harold and Maude, I both think, like you said, they're like sad. They're like these sad, but like comforting 
right. uh, movies at the same time. They would fit well in the gentle category of the of the bummies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I caught that and um, also Prey. And the only other thing I'll bring up, uh, I think, is another 2021 movie, which mm. I'm just going to assume that Brendan has seen. I, I probably, I would hope that I'd seen <laughs> so, uh, But I just saw uh, The Black Phone. Ah, yes. The yeah, I have Hawk. not seen that one yet. I'm waiting. I need to like find people to watch it with because I, I don't want to watch it alone. <laughs> just like... Uh, the re- same reasoning as uh, Halloween is that yep. yeah. coming? Yeah, <laughs> I could die. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have someone with you, someone watching your back. John, what'd you think of the Black Phone, man? Uh, but yeah, I I liked the Black Phone. I think um, this was one not definitely not to the same extent as Lightyear, but the trailer I was like so in on and uh looks looks really uh just creepy unique and i liked that ethan hawk was was in it i think i maybe wasn't as impressed with it seeing it and it, it maybe definitely. felt a little slow at sometimes but um i definitely thought there were a lot of i mean it definitely wasn't what i was expecting either um is no, definitely. Uh, a24 i i believe so it would make sense uh i'm just like it i don't just know seems for sure like the a20 one of the a24 horror movies of the summer you know it just kind of looks like that yeah uh, i'm sure it probably is without uh definitely without giving any too much away um it wasn't like super predictable at least i i, I didn't think no, so and i didn't think so either john i agree with you on that yeah because i thought it was going a completely different direction with ethan hawk's character and uh, i didn't but uh yeah yeah i really liked it i guess i just thought it was I don't know. I, I had high expectations for it based on the trailer and just uh, basically how creepy and cool his mask uh, looks in the on the poster yeah. too. So yeah. definitely, they yeah. did a good job of marketing this one. This was yeah. a horror movie that I I knew about and was excited to watch, which now doesn't doesn't always happen right away, especially like a month or two advance when I know about it and I'm like okay. And then Scott uh, Scott Derrickson was the was the guy that directed it and he did sinister which i was a big fan of growing up so i was excited to see the twist uh with this one i think i i think i gave it a lower score than i remember giving it because i looked at my letterbox (laughs) just now but it was a lot lower than i thought i think basically because there was a twist and i don't think i loved the twist if you understand what i'm saying because i don't want to ruin it for anybody but I didn't love the twist and I wish they would have spent the whole movie in the basement. But I think besides that, I love the creepiness of it. Uh, so, yeah, um, I thought of one more movie before we talk about kicking and screaming. Just Ooh, one more. An encore. Yeah, it's like, yeah, after credits scene. Um, so I watched a movie on like Saturday night or Sunday night um, after I got off of work. So it was like really late. Um, I watched uh, Cha Cha Real Smooth, ah, um, which came out this yes. year, and ever it's been the talk of, uh, you know, it's the talk of the town at times, and <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, all I really knew about this movie was that it's about a uh, Jewish college kid who, um, you know, throws like bar mitzvah parties, and um, that's really all I knew and that it was like a comedy and kind of, and also like a drama and uh, that Dakota Johnson's in it. And um, I, I, I did not know who um, 
Cooper Rafe was until this movie. And so he directs, writes, and stars in this. He's like, he's like uh, 25 years old, born in 97. He's uh, apparently he became notable for his movie Shit House. Um, like he took it to South by Southwest, um, yep. basically. And he also stars and directs in that. And I, I, w- I will say one of the first things I took from this movie is that the main actor, like, I just, like, liked him a lot. And he, like, reminded me of a younger Adam Scott. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I just felt like, I was like, who is this actor? Like, I feel like I've seen him before. I hadn't seen him before, but I was right. like, who? I was like, who is this guy? He just felt like a guy with, like, such a, you know, I don't know, relatable screen presence. And I just, like... I just liked him a lot. I thought he was so good in this. Um, this movie is like really about, um, it's about kind of being selfless and kind of like doing things for others. It's about love a lot. It's about youth. It's about like finding yourself. It's about so, so, so many things. And it is told in such a kind of relatable way uh and it's very it's very funny and it has just very real conversations and i will say by the end of this like movie i was very getting very um emotional and uh especially about um his relationship with like dakota johnson like the movie mm. really pulls on your um Definitely. pulls on your heartstrings a lot uh so yeah highly recommend this movie it's not only like fun but it like will make you uh want to be better in life and not be a selfish asshole and uh and just yeah it's really good it's one of those yeah it's one of those that's good for humanity i really feel that way most definitely nice. I, yeah i love stretch out real smooth and cooper af is definitely becoming one of my favorite directors after i shit house is one of my favorite movies of 2020 uh, and that one has another kind of good message along with it as well about being right. Yeah, I mean, after this, I really want to watch so. Shit House. I might get I, to it by the weekend. Luke, I recommend it. Was one of my favorite movies of 2020. Not very much talked about, honestly. This because right. he was able to get Cha Cha Real Smooth on Apple TV. I think it is kind of showing people that he is getting right. bigger well, and a guy. And he's connected. got Dakota Johnson right, in it. Of course. He's got Leslie Mann much in it. Bigger like, so it, he's clearly got the he's building his film clout, you know. Definitely. But yeah, Shithouse was I think I believe one of his debuts. So it was it was really cool to to see that one for sure. I would definitely recommend. It's always got a good message behind it, but it's it's got really real world stuff and and, and real world issues that a lot of people deal with and don't even realize it and i found it very relatable because i think he is kind of in that 20s age range himself or maybe a little older and so it's a lot more relatable and he knows what's going on and he puts it into the movies so and i love that he stars in him too because he gets to work around that so right yeah and he's very good i mean he's great (laughs) he really justifies that he's starring in him because he is like fantastic you know most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Chacha Ruth Move is one of my favorites of this year. Go out and watch it. Um, I, all right. I guess we're transitioning now to the movie of the day. Movie our of back the day. to school, our end of summer 
movie. All right, I guess we could start off. I guess we all we all played soccer as kids, right? I mean, yeah. we all have that mm-hmm. experience. Definitely. Uh, in the age of like first to fifth grade, like the peewee soccer, as they would call it. Uh, uh, I didn't slices. play that long, but but I did. Yeah, I, I, did I didn't play. play. Maybe, all right, maybe I'm like, <laughs> yeah, maybe like I was like first, a year or like two for me. So. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little less than that, but um, I think I did I like kindergarten and first grade, maybe like the, <laughs> okay. the very ending, like when I ended, it was like the last time you could just like kick the ball around, around and nobody cared right. about the rules and stuff. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about when but I like, retired. Yeah, right. I I think what's funny about it, like is how loose youth soccer is yeah. um, as a kid. And especially like how, especially since it's not a big, like soccer is not a big sport in America. Um, right. Or at least if like Americans are into it, they are watching foreign football. Right. You yeah. know? And like, Usually. we don't yeah. learn like how you're actually supposed to play. It's mainly soccer for us. When you grow up like here, it's like, okay, just so that, we can get our energy out and run around mainly like you're not taught like soccer technique or anything or how you're supposed to play i just remember like i loved like chasing after the ball oh yeah right i would do and my strategy is if the ball ever came to me i didn't know how to handle it but i would kick it ahead and i could usually run fast and catch up with it and like get a chance to at least maybe shoot and stuff like that's what i had going for me personally like i could run like for forever you know but i did not know how to like kick the ball well or anything like that (laughs) and that and then at that age like i don't know if it was expected i think the parents are just having fun watching us kick the ball around yeah they give us like orange peels yeah right like that i see and stuff at the end of every match and whatnot right right. i played a different position i played goalie i was the goalie in first oh wow okay i was in the net so I was just getting balls kicked at me. And and as, as a first and second grader playing goalie, like I just remember like diving around, jumping for balls I didn't need to dive for. I was just having fun, <laughs> I think. I was just jumping right. in the dirt. So I mean, it was that was a good time for sure. But yeah, I did not play soccer for very long. So I learned quickly on I would yeah. not. <laughs> well, not and I think the era player. we're talking about of soccer is like what this movie is you know it's like where where when every kid is playing just because that's what you do because you're in that age group you know um but what's funny is that i think what's funny about is that like there's actually like robert duvall's team (laughs) is one of those teams but they're like they like take it very seriously uh you know uh what whatever that actor's well who's what's that actor's name i have i have it pulled up i don't know josh hutcherson josh hutcherson's like a prodigy soccer kid uh in it and robert duvall's like so passionate about it yeah it's uh yeah it's crazy i love these like these sports movies where they're taking something super seriously that isn't at all like youth soccer yeah that's what we were just talking about yeah there's there's four of us now there's There's... luke from the past (laughs) and luke from the present that's right it's a new era of luke i feel like we gotta keep i think i could remove this one but i don't want to risk also taking you out so i think we'll just leave it right so we were like talking about 
Well, I think we were we we're kind of alluding to the cast, which I think is a good place to start too, because yeah. this is a quite a cast. It's a big cast. Um, yeah. Everyone from, yeah, from I, the main I, people to the the side characters to the parents. This is yeah, yeah. And I think when you first see this as a kid, which I remember like it was just something that was playing on TV or something like that. Right. And um, I got really sucked in. You know, like I remember when I first saw this, I was like, what is this? You know, it was right, right up my alley. Just, you know, a childhood sports movie, that sort of thing. That's all I really needed. But I didn't understand how crazy that like of a cast it really was. Like, I didn't even really think I knew who Mike Ditka was when I first saw right. this, that sort of thing. And Robert Duvall, to me, was the guy from secondhand lions that's who i knew like robert duvall from so like i didn't get how crazy like like similar to like how when james khan was an elf i didn't get how like mm. it was crazy that he's paired with will ferrell you know what i mean it was more right. like oh it's great for these old actors that they can be paired with this comedy guy you know that i let like is so popular right now you know but like yeah robert oh. duvall and will ferrell is a crazy um pairing and oh yeah they also give them like the weirdest uh dynamic uh in this movie too like um that whole opening section you know where will ferrell eventually goes like welcome to my life like you know this is what my life has been you know it pretty much just shows his dad like you know, really screwing him over and having no respect for him and just kind of being a loser and trying to compete with his, like, son all yeah. the time, you know? Basically just on edge to be on competition with his dad 24-7, like, in right. every aspect of his life, like, his job, his wife, his sports, his kids. Right. Like, <laughs> nothing. I didn't realize until just now uh, when you mentioned James Caan, too, that Will Ferrell... In two different movies, plays the son of two of a uh, godfather yeah. uh, actor, <laughs> one of Corleone, Corleone brothers. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'd never put that together until now. That's so funny. I that's in probably like, he's probably early the only in his career actor. too, where Will Ferrell is not even totally Will Ferrell yet. Right. He is like yeah. these movies. He is becoming Will Ferrell still. Right. You know, because this movie over. very much feels like snl like sketch will ferrell you know yeah yeah this is definitely uh the beginnings of uh yeah what would turn into everybody everybody knows will ferrell and kind of he has like touches of his um signature just sort of emotions and uh just he can be very erratic and it's just like it's like touches of that here and then right once right. you get once you get to like the mckay movies and all that then it really they take it up to 11, but yeah. I mean, I like it in this one specifically how it's about, like, he has a lot of repressed rage right. from his, like, from his dad growing up. So, at, like, one point he has, he's having, like, a panic attack yeah. and he's, like, and he's, he like, talking, because he's, like, talking room. to yeah, he's, Sam. He's, like, he's, on the he's, like, he's, like, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> you don't want to be the guy at the end of the bench and he's just like breathing like i i like that like it's you know he's having like a tony soprano like breathing thing going on and his son's like it's happening again mom you know right. 
yeah like it's such a it's such an occurrence that the mom knows right what to do she just slaps him and she's got to slap you got to get a come out of it and he's just <laughs> right and for and also for most of this movie like will ferrell's care is like a lot of this movie will ferrell is like a really good guy and that's kind of the nature of what he's playing he's just a very innocent dad and a lot of what's happening around him is like he's kind of being wronged you know he's kind of like a victim um but then once he becomes coffee addict will ferrell it just goes like to 10 of like this guy is doing everything bad and like and actually for a kid's movie the movie is pushing it a lot of the times i think with a lot of the bids um definitely yeah it's funny it's funny (laughs) and i can't believe they do it and for the 2000s it works um especially but like he pushes a kid on the soccer field oh yeah you know that's like a bit he pushes a kid down uh just things things like that you know and but i also think he plays it off well in terms of the asshole dad that is taking you know he's take that is taking the game way too seriously i think he plays that very well and like just his co- like his pants his hat his sunglasses his espresso gear, machine yeah. <laughs> his attitude i just think it i think it's really fu- I, I just think it's great oh yeah definitely and i mean growing up with sports like in a house where i played a lot of sports like there was always like dads that were like yeah of sons of teams that i was on and like they would they would take the game so seriously and they, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. every game shouting and stuff and like right, you know right. as a kid we just thought it was there but like looking at this movie right. i'm like man this is reminds me of some of these parents that i had <laughs> right that is one of my favorite things to look back on in childhood sports oh, yeah. like i had like a basketball coach who was so intense during my middle school years. Like you would think, like you would think it was like, we were in a movie. Like it was like, (laughs) we were in Hoosiers or something like that. Like it was like, we were all about like, he would like preach the fundamentals. He would (laughs) preach like, we are a defensive basketball team. We play man to man. (laughs) <laughs> you know like so to the right. core of like what basketball is <laughs> use a bounce pass you throw the ball off the glass like and he was insane like he was so insane and it was clearly like he was putting his life into that you know he was oh, so yeah. obsessed with our team but there were times where we would play games and there'd be a dad that was even cr- like you would hear in the locker room like through the vents how much <laughs> he was going at the other team and I'd be like, wow, he's even crazier than our coach. Like, this is insane. So, like, I feel like we've all grown up around that. And I think that's one of my favorite things to look back on is just, like, dads who, like, were so insane and, like, about the teams. And, like, you, like, at the time, I would be, like, you know, I'd be, like, scared about it, you know. Right. Like, 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 back then, I was, like, so scared of all these coaches and stuff. And, you know, I would actually, like, look up to them. And stuff, but then when I look back and I'm like, wow, like those guys just really had like nothing better going on, and like that's why they were doing it, and like, um, just like taking the coaching like way too seriously is kind of just like to fill up, fill up time, you know what I mean? Like if you're doing that as a dad, uh, I always uh, also think back to um, the Y ball days when 
you would occasionally get to coach your friend's team if the coach uh-huh. didn't get to show up <laughs> and, and have and have some fun right. with that. Yeah. Right. You know, I also, you know, you mentioned Mike Ditka in the beginning too, which I think is a, uh, <laughs> a great addition to this movie. Um, and as right. a kid, I loved it because I, I just, anything Chicago sports and the bears, uh, the, the bears. bears. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the yeah. Bears. Yeah. And, well, uh, and, and they've like, it's written well for Mike Ditka too. Like oh, he's very yeah. unhinged. Um, it's just like hilarious that he lives next door um, and that he has a rivalry with Robert Duvall mm-hmm. and that he, especially like we're talking about, like, it's about like, if you're coaching kids, you usually don't have anything going on. He clearly has nothing going on. Right. Uh, <laughs> like in this movie. Um, and he, he has like a bear's shrine in his house and he like smoking cigars in it, and he's like, just, you know, like, you know, like being really like dishonest with his wife about like smoking in the man cave and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's just the perfect counterpart to, uh, to Will Ferrell in this right. and then to see Will Ferrell sort of turn into an even crazier, uh, right. Insane. Right version of mike ditka and even yeah like mike ditka just like yelling at his wife (laughs) i feel like he did a good job just like he has good comedic chops just yeah yeah uh, for sure he did he did most of his scenes were some of my favorites in the movie like and and seeing will ferrell like try to like look at when he looks at mike ditka in the movie like thinking like okay this is (laughs) right this is what i should be as this peewee soccer coach right right this is what i should look like yeah like it shows him like mike ditka's kind of like walking up the sidelines up and down the way coach does and like will ferrell's going like step for step oh yeah like yelling right in his ear behind him right like Like, saying the same things yeah Yeah. mike ditka's like go 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 go." and will's like that's and i I love that because i was like will ferrell's this nice guy genuine guy who's had a hard time and he's like he's like mike mike dick character that's what i that's what a peewee soccer coach should look like you know and it's like mike it just being this this grave guy who's just going yelling even little kids in mexico drink coffee coffee. (laughs) (laughs) whatever that line means but it's like it's funny it's funny it is yeah, and then there's the bid where he like Will Ferrell comes in wearing the bears, yes. the bears vests even, and he's like, "You go." He's like, "Go change, hurry up!" Right, right. Yeah. He's got he's got the very like Ditka signature look with the right. with the yeah. dress shirt with the bear sweater, Wait, which like... is like funny alone that like Ditka wears that to the practices, <laughs> yeah, right. like yeah. you know. Yeah, right. It it looks nice enough outside. It's like something he'd be wearing at Soldier Field or like wherever the Bears were at the time, and out in the cold he's he's coaching like 12 year olds at soccer it's like yeah yeah. and i i don't they never say where this movie uh takes place either but for some it always seems is living in this town (laughs) it seems like the chicago suburbs to me but uh, i guess yeah yeah. is what they're trying to say i do like the the original introduction of well you get you kind of get to know the uh the misfits that are the the team what are they the tigers right the tigers yeah the tigers yeah yeah, yeah. and then and having... they're, they're all the non-athletic ones yeah, um, yeah on the same team no one's good which i feel like definitely i felt that way sometimes as a kid i was like 
why am I never on the good team? You know, we're always right. getting killed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> always on the bad team. And it, and it was funny because when they told the, the son, Will Ferrell's son, that he was getting traded there, he, he like already knew. He's like, that's the worst team in the league. Like, right, <laughs> they're right, so yeah. bad. Like, <laughs> can't trade me there and everything. Yeah. So. yeah, and like Will Ferrell is even like, he's even like scared uh, to to ask his dad, like, his son's like a bench warmer on his team right. and he's even scared to ask his dad like hey can he play like it's even like a big deal to like he has to like gear up for the scene where he asks if he can have more playing time and he's like oh yeah he'll have a lot more playing time because i traded him away traded to him. the tigers <laughs> yeah and i love that he used the word like he said traded like it was like it was an actual professional league and he had like traded <laughs> yeah. him yeah for right <laughs> And and the scene where he or the the second later where he looks at him and he's like, well, I didn't really get anything for him. It's like it's like he basically just used the word trade to to say he got rid of him. He released him. Like, he released him. Technical. Yeah. <laughs> the Tigers picked him up off the off the waiver wire, so he's, he's still there. <laughs> I'm glad we agree though on all the Ditka stuff. Uh, Ditka's great. One more, yeah. like before we close out, I guess on Ditka. Because <laughs> I think we did all the. Uh, John, did you ever go to Ditka's? Oh, many times. many times. Oh, me too. Yeah. See, that's a Love big. Uh, <laughs> Brennan, I don't know if you ever went I, there. When I don't think we town. did go there. I don't that think we ever did spots, it. But it's like so. that is a Chicago spot, Ditka's, okay, where Ditka's you walk in and there's like cigars, like in the like in, <laughs> like in the glass right. and. There's like Bears uniforms on there, and it's like just another high-end Chicago like steak joint. But it's oh, like great. it's yeah. good. Like you can yeah. get like a pot roast nachos there. Like I've gotten oh, that as my uh, <laughs> meal before. They have a good Easter buffet that I've been there for. They make a good steak, and they make a mean mm. steak. <laughs> Ditka's signature steak. I had my uh, my like. Uh confirmation like oh, celebration thing like after that's church, a thing to have that there my, for like for my sure. extended family was in town and we went to ditka's yeah uh yeah, yeah. I, I love ditka's yeah and that's what yeah that's part of the reason growing up i think i love this movie too it's just like you know you grow up with the character of ditka being such so a chicago right. icon yeah. and you're so obsessed right. with everything chicago and yeah uh chicago sports so yeah yeah it's like i don't know it's like cool when you grow up in chicago like you, you that's like what we got you know like chicago's not no it's not like a super like it's a big like city on its own but it doesn't have like in movies as much of a or in pop culture as much of a weight uh, you know, like as the other big city, the, the two other big cities. So that's like what we got is like deep dish and the bears and Mike right. Ditka and Michael Jordan. And then like John Hughes movies and stuff. So anything you can get, even if it is like just getting to the fact that Mike Ditka was in this movie was like, <laughs> you know, cool for me as a kid. Right. Yeah. To go along, another Ditka thing, but uh, I do love just when he's first introduced to the team and he's giving that speech. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it like is. these, like <laughs> these just weird little kids and he's just like, and you're going to be champions. Right. You're going to be right. champions. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be champions. <laughs> right. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I, he delivers that so well. 
it's great and through the whole movie he's always wearing his his super bowl ring that he had for the bears and, <laughs> yeah yeah and he talks about it like a lot and everything and like well and that's another thing from growing up in chicago that you just you never hear enough about the one that one super bowl the 85 yeah. bears yeah. like right you will hear more about that than the six bulls championships i feel like mm. yeah yeah, definitely. Growing up, that was always, yeah, the biggest, still the biggest, you know, holy grail for uh, it is the Chicago 85 Bears. Fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's 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 Ditka. In, that's all. Uh, yeah, that's all the <laughs> all uh, we can. <laughs> I, I guess we can now get into all the stuff with the coffee, the Italians. Oh, yeah. uh, He's waiting in line a lot at this same coffee place. Uh, which, like, again, to me, like, a lot of this movie feels like it's like an elongated SNL sketch. Right. For most of it. Yeah. That happened to be turned into a movie. Like, Will Ferrell getting too jacked up on coffee and becoming this, like, dickhead of a soccer coach. Um and then, like, there's Definitely. eventually a scene where, like, he's trying all the coffees. Yeah. And he's like, he's like French roast, you know, <laughs> like, like he knows every single one. Yeah. And... Like Dick is training him on the coffee. Yeah, he's basically training him on to... the coffee. He's like, good. And then he's like, he's like, that's my Russian vodka. vodka so yeah. <laughs> basically, Dick is like drunk coaching right. the soccer team right. as well. <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I think, like, bringing up the SNL skits, like, most of the scenes in this movie, I think, could be cut up into smaller pieces. and That's be what bit, it feels like to me, like, you know. I think the one scene I always harken back to is when he's in the long line at the coffee shop with the, right. and they the woman from earlier, and, yeah. And just yeah. him arguing back and forth with the woman and, right, and with right. the coffee baristas, and they kick he's him like, out. He's like, are we going right now? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. He's, and he and, gets and kicked out. He, and <laughs> he gets kicked out, and then he like acts like he's walking away, and then he, he just comes like, back. runs <laughs> back. He tries to open the door, and they yeah. all, they're all holding it, you know? Right, right. Stop it's him. A, it's a very Will Ferrell version of like a curb scene, uh, curb your enthusiasm scene. Like it, it makes me think of when he's in line getting frozen yogurt and the woman's trying all the, the different flavors. Right, right. Yeah. And he's like, right. you used your sample privileges or something <laughs> right. like that, whatever. Oh, whatever you got a taste is. of vanilla? Let me guess. What's it going to taste like? Vanilla. <laughs> vanilla. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the coffee stuff, like for me, is like I find it uh, more funny as an adult because mm. I am now a caffeine addict. I understand that there is like, they're not just like, you know, it's a kid's movie. So they're, they're not just like using coffee as a like more family friendly stimulant. Like it is actually like caffeine is its own thing that you can go wrong on in your own way. Yeah. You can overdo it for sure. And that like, I have had a lot of moments where I've had to, I've had to step back and be like, okay, Luke, you should not be, you know, drinking like two coffees a day and a yerba mate at night. Like that's kind of insanity, no matter how productive you feel, you know, uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, but it's also hard because the field I'm in kind of, it's hard not to do that, but 
And then there were, you know, there were times like I remember John and I, like a year ago, we had, we tried to talk about the terminal and we had a bit of a real emotional episode. And it was because mm. I was experimenting. I, I attribute that to a little of a experimenting with matcha powder, matcha powder. Uh, at the time. Like, I think like the matcha powder I was buying, like it was mixed in to a point where it made me very like, wired and get kind of like emotional and sad i remember so like caffeine's a thing that can like certain things can affect you away and like not hit you in the right fashion and like caffeine is very much a drug and so i think it's funny that this movie really does frame it that way and that he does overdo it and kind of have to like cut it out and it and he actually like Right. In the final game where he is cutting it out, you do see like he kind of goes back to being the old him, which I think is cool. Right. And, and I think it was nice that they framed it that every time you thought he couldn't go larger with the coffee, he did. Like there was just another step, yeah. like right, he'd be right. four or five coffees and they'd all sell like yeah. they had the little like fill only written on the top. So no right, one else was yeah, taking yeah. one of his five coffees. And then it, just when you think it couldn't go any farther, he buys the golden espresso maker right, right, right. and sits it on the bench. And it's like half the bench for his team, basically. Right. <laughs> There's no yeah, all the, the kids are sitting it. next to the espresso machine for their <laughs> and it's, coach. it's blowing steam out and stuff at them. I'm not gonna lie, that thing looks pretty phenomenal, though. It does. I'm, I'm yeah. sure Phil state was making great coffee. So. Like, yeah, state of the art. But yeah, it was just it was it was like it was honestly kind of like an attic thing. Like you just didn't think they could go farther, but he did, and it was like okay, like wow, like surprise but it was it was funny to watch him go through that and become yeah. regular phil at the end when he became better and i was like okay this is nice yeah i i like the coffee stuff i like the coffee arc um he starts to do all these crazy things and there's a great like when he like when he's like we the we are the champions playing <laughs> and he's like not really celebrating with anyone but himself right. and he's yeah uh like picking up kids and and he's like blowing in like he kind of is yelling loser into the cones at kids and stuff like that um yeah that like whole section of the movie is really takes it up a whole notch of like will ferrell being like kind of offensive oh yeah that the rest of the movie doesn't like it's really its own section of the movie uh uh, where the rest of the movie is definitely not as does not come near to as offensive as that oh yeah and i mean you talked about earlier about how he pushed the kid on the field like and yell right. at the refs and there's that one scene where he's bending over like talking talking smack to like one of the kids as he's standing there like waiting for the ball <laughs> just like he's like oh he's like he's like mr mr fart pants or like whatever he says to him and, he's, and it's, oh, it's yeah, yeah. childish it's such a childish banter that he's yelling at this kid and the kid almost looks at him like he can't even believe that he's like an adult <laughs> oh god and he's even getting uh he's getting on the parents too he's you know, right. next to one dad right. take a lap then yeah first right. time like he's he's timing him up <laughs> just going yeah. ape shit on everyone and he's got that perfect like blue suit with the sunglasses and 
I think one of the reasons to like Will Ferrell getting deeper into Will Ferrell just as an actor and why he's why he is such a comedic powerhouse. He is expert at playing. I think it's partly because of his look and his built. He's perfect at and like the fact that he is a white dude from California. He just has that like ability to play a shitty guy. And like like he's just perfect at playing shitty men and like all the different ways that um, they manifest. And usually those are like his comedic characters. He's kind of being like a shitty, ignorant guy. All right. Well, so, a big a big part that we have not addressed yet is the this part. Yeah. Yeah, the Italians. The Italians <laughs> play the Which, Italians. Who bring? Who introduces? Italians to the team is that is does Ditka find them? It's Ditka Ditka again, man. It's it's one of the best scenes because he just takes them to like the meat market. Yeah, right. Where where, where, of course Ditka would go. You know, everyone there knows his name. They're like, oh, coach. You know, they call him (laughs) coach, and and they're like, I got your bratwurst. You know, and (laughs) (laughs) like like they already got his order ready to go, and he's like, and. He tells him to go look at the back, and there's uh, and there's the two Italians <laughs> playing soccer with like a, a bag in the back, just being better. Than- <laughs> yeah, I I've had like I don't know a whole I think a journey of like I don't know of opinions on the Italian whole Italian bid and segment because mm-hmm. it it is. It's a whole bid. It's no, there's no reason to have these Italian kids in there other than that. Like it's, you know, it's like funny that they get Italians that are like really good. And, you know, like they have all these jokes with um, the kids trying to relate to them and stuff like right. that. And it just becomes a fun thing that everyone says, They're like, you know, play the Italians. Like, right. I think like when I first saw it as a kid, I was like, wow, these like Italians are like incredible at soccer. It's so cool. Like all the soccer action with the, them is like really good and stuff. And then like, when I got older, I thought it was like really funny. And now it's kind of like a bit I look back on that I used to like that I now think is a little like kind of cheap of a bit, like not that great of a bit. And then they kind of built a whole section of the movie around it like even casted two kids and like (laughs) it's like a whole thing you know Mm -hmm. um and it's not that interesting because you're just watching these kids like hog the ball the whole time but you know it's kind of funny like i love the I, i i i enjoy the montage where they play uh that one famous italian song that's in other things like it's in that song's in like casino as well oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and I think at one point, like one of the insecure dads is on the sideline. Oh yeah. Um, waving a flag. The Italian and stuff like that. <laughs> Singing yeah. an Italian song. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like I don't totally like respect it anymore, but I get nostalgia out of it, I guess. Yeah. They're, they're definitely playing into that stereotype of, uh, well, I feel like soccer is more popular in the U.S. is much more popular now than it was at this time. And I just feel like right. there's a stereotype that like, right. oh, who's good you at soccer? Like the Europeans. Italians. Italians. Yeah. Right. Like the yeah. Italians, the Brazilians, they're good at like, it's yeah, right. just sort of like a, yeah, like an inside joke almost that is like, oh, yeah, right. the Italians are the good ones at soccer. Uh, right. And so they're thinking, I guess, yeah, how do we make this team good so that 
Will Ferrell gets competitive and that's yeah. It's it it does right. seem kind of cheap to just It is. Yeah. It is a right. little bit. It was, it why couldn't they be Yeah, why couldn't they get any sort of kid uh from the suburbs? Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> just a Chicago suburb it's kid. It's just kind that's of like <laughs> it's kind of like two thousands like racism a little like you know just like that some that they got the away with them, but yeah. they wouldn't really yeah. be able to get away definitely wouldn't be able to do it now you know probably not though like I a whole like a whole segment with like the italians you know not even like a scene like maximo and what's what is the other guy like <laughs> yeah. maximo and uh <laughs> oh god <laughs> They named it Maximo. Yeah, right. Like, Gladiator was made only like a couple years before. It's not that different. Right. Yeah, they they dig really far into it too, and they're a big part of like pretty much the whole movie after they find them. John Piero and Massimo. John Piero and Massimo. Yeah. Yeah. And I I oh, thought yeah. it was so it was also easy to make them work in this like in this like very like meat market ish with like Italian meats and everything right, and like right. and they're meats they have, come meat and then the guys like oh, meats come first <laughs> <laughs> and as as kids like also don't speak English like I thought that was like I'm like they've right, just been right. living here yeah in, in in America like they've not, been learning about meat but they haven't learned just, English or anything they've just been in the back cutting the meat basically yeah like, just isolated back there. <laughs> like but somehow yeah, it's really kind of a horror was... story <laughs> right like they saved these kids from being prisoners of their family butcher shop yeah it's, right, uh... right. <laughs> i was on um, watching uh like pete holmes like mm. stand up the other day and he has like a bid where he talks about like like no one like no one has any any sympathy about being like racist towards Italians, Mario. Um, ever mm. like people are all so like down. Like people are so ready to just do an Italian accent or be like a pizza pie or whatever <laughs> right, it yeah. is. And this is just like this. This is just like an example of that, you know. Yeah, like, I love are that. So bit. easy to make fun of Italians. He made he does that like Mario impression, and he's like, right. "Don't laugh." He needs help. Help him. <laughs> He's right. struggling with the language. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So that's it. Another a thing that aligns with Italians that we the Italians that we haven't covered is uh, the character, <laughs> the character of Beyond Sun. Oh, Beyond Sun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who we haven't talked about, which is a very it's it's a strange character. I mean, it makes sense. Like, it makes sense to have like I guess uh, uh, something like that on on this team, like a short, like an extremely short kind of nice right. kid. But I feel like they like I don't know. They kind of make fun of him for being like Asian. They give him like a weird name, like a like a, yeah. a super Asian name. Who and he happens to have lesbian parents. And there's also a very very weird interaction when will ferrell first meets the uh lesbian couple as in like it's like something that's very odd to him that they're right. together you know he continually tells them that he he doesn't understand and he's like oh, yeah right like... <laughs> it takes him forever to get it that they're together right and they they continue the bit through the movie like when he he like chest bumps one woman later right, on in the movie right. like she he falls, like knocks down and then, one and then the yeah, girl knocks the him other over. one yeah, gets him. <laughs> yeah 
it's very like 2005 thing right. uh to do to yeah like this is all new uh how do we right. how do we wrap our heads around this yeah right right and now right. it's just very outdated right. and he continues that scene he's like he's like you guys are you guys are better like you're better oh it's right. both better you're better. Yeah, both, both. You're better in a different way like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah better in a different way right yeah and then there, so and then there's all this stuff with beyond like when beyond song like first like they're like has that scene where they're kicking the ball around mm. to each other and introducing himself when beyond song gets the ball kicked to him he like they have like you know, ch- old Chinese, Chinese like yeah. music playing. It's yeah, like right. such bullshit, you know. Like yeah. such an odd, such an odd choice. For me. He's not even like the Italians, where like he's from there. He's like an American right. kid, you know. <laughs> yeah. And Byung Sun's like, I am a very kind person. person and, right. Like when they're asked about their strengths, and Will Ferrell's like. Well, that's sweet. There we go. <laughs> Some reason I always think of the line too, and they're at the they're around like the bonfire, and he's like, "I have already decided. Yeah, if the pizza yeah, does not arrive eat, tonight, we'll all eat Byung Sung." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh. I'm kidding, but he does look delicious, doesn't he? Yeah, for some reason, I always... Right, no reason. Right. That's one of those scenes where Will Ferrell is very much in his own movie. Like, he's acting around all these kids, and he's acting like a maniac, but it's just like he is in his own world, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Overall, uh, I feel (laughs) like we've gotten to there... I think uh, mostly pretty good. I, I think the only other scene that I loved was everything with the Pele ball. Everything with the Pele ball. Oh, the Pele great. ball. Yeah. yeah. Pele ball. Was yeah, big. I forgot about the Pele ball. Yeah, that's another thing we didn't watch, cover. Watching, this, watching the original scene with his dad ripping the Pele ball away from him. Like, no, it's my ball. <laughs> just reminded me, like, my, you know, like me and my dad would go to Tigers games and my dad would catch a ball. And of course, being a dad, he'd, he'd hand me the he'd ball. Give it to, you know? yeah, he'd give it to me. It's like a dad thing. And it's just. It just always struck me so funny because I'm like, look at like, look at this dude just ripping the ball away from his like, his like son Sam. <laughs> yeah. The first thing he says, he's like, oh, you'll get the next one. Like, right, right. Like Everything that. he does is such bullshit. <laughs> Clearly, a family that grew up with soccer for some reason, you know. Right. Yeah, like his dad chose soccer as the right. His dad's like family a soccer. Sport. Robert Duvall's a soccer nut. Um, I guess we uh the. The tetherball scene's a big one, oh, gosh, too. Yeah. We haven't talked about the tetherball scene. That's a big set-piece moment. Uh, violent, Very violent tetherball scene. Oh, always yeah. made me always made me want to play it as a kid, because uh, it was, <laughs> you know... Just, so when, just when Will Ferrell rip-offs his shirt, and you can see all the red circles over his body where the tetherball has just, like, hit, hit him so hard. You're just looking at it like... Is that actually how it is hitting this tether ball back and forth? So right, you know, right. Even yeah, at recess, like, we'd we'd have tether balls sitting out we there. We didn't have tether I, ball. No, I wish we, we did at our playgrounds, but I I never went out and played it. But seeing this movie does make me wanna to try it. Made me wish I would have tried it back then. Honestly, yeah, it's like this movie and Napoleon Dynamite really yep. sell you on the tether ball, like those two thousands tether ball movies. Yeah, I, we had a tether ball. Uh, thing at my school but i definitely never played it until seeing napoleon dynamite and then and then not actually playing it you know just everybody tries to hit it as hard as they can around the 
around the pole. And another yeah. thing, I guess we didn't mention too much. Well, we mentioned Josh, Josh Hutcherson, but uh, that's Will Ferrell's brother in this, who's right. basically Robert Duvall's. Right. He's got another chance of getting a star soccer. Right. I know, which is insane. Yeah. Like, no. I think I don't think we've gotten really into uh, like we were about to like end this <laughs> episode. <laughs> there's all these extra like, things. Realizing <laughs> there's like a whole another dimension to this. We have Robert Duvall, like. They really write like the worst guy. He is such, yeah, he sucks. yeah, the fact that terrible. yeah, the fact that he goes as far as to like have another kid raise him because oh, he's yeah. disappointed yeah. with his other kid as not being a star athlete that he oh, has yeah. another kid. The day that his son proposes to his wife, he like has he has a girl that he just proposed to that's like younger and yeah even and like, like younger than will Ferrell's yeah wife. right who's like his son and his sons are born on the same day and like his his son was only an ounce an ounce bigger and he was like he's bigger like right. just a little yeah. bigger yeah. And it's like <laughs> right the living the guy's just living just... in such a like competitive <laughs> and, and and i like this a lot about that i like the obsessive competitive nature because right. i knew people like this growing up i knew people Definitely. that lived to compete i'd have friends like i'd have a friend where you do when you would hang out with him we would do nothing but we'd either we'd like play madden against each other we'd play basketball against each other we'd like play bags like we would it was just never ending and it wasn't like we would play for fun it was like never ending like competition like where we mm. actually were in it and i remember just i look back on those times as a kid and like i mean you're a kid you're playing games you're having fun but on another level there is like this whole idea on that's on how that like this we grow up in these never-ending competitive cultures that are kind of damaging and right. toxic and aren't really good for your growth as a kid on building self-worth like uh, like this movie kind of shines like a tremendous light on why sports culture in um like when you grow up is bad for you as a kid it, like because it's really not about having fun it's really about trying to be good thinking you're good you know like that sort of thing you have dads dads who are very who are very problematic and insecure and kind of losers in a way coaching way too hard taking it way more seriously right. you know putting kids on the bench who don't feel good about themselves it's like i'm going pretty deep into it right now but like yeah that's like how really genuinely how it is i think this movie kind of takes some that is real and kind of you know puts it to another absurd level but that is a thing where there are there are buck westons out there not necessarily having oh, yeah. second sons but are really grooming their kids they're buck westons in every class you know where they're grooming their kid to be the athlete and then they're going to be the coach and they're going to coach their kids basketball team and their kid is the point guard and he shoots every single time right. <laughs> and the whole game plan is built around it and it's like fucking ridiculous you know and everyone yeah. has to yeah. deal with it you know most definitely and and, and i think that's something in this movie that is stays true to what you were just saying was, you know, there's a lot of dads out there that like through their sons are like, Oh, I can't play sports anymore. But like my sons or my daughters can play sports. Like, and I will right, right. live vicariously through them and like right, tell right. them how I played and everything like that. So I saw a lot of dads growing up that were like, 
I used to be star quarterback, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, now my son's the star quarterback, you know, it's like, it's that vicarious living through the, through the kids that I think this movie really entails to. He's like, my son's going to be the best at his 12 year old soccer league now. I will, I will win because he's a winner. It's like, right. Yeah. I think Brennan, maybe we should like tell John a little bit about maybe some of our family, um, some things with our family, oh, yeah. because we've had, um, we have like a history um, of where we would play sports we do. as a family. And um, <laughs> it gets... we had an uncle who would get like very, very competitive. into it. Oh, and I, what, competitive. what's funny is like he, the, our uncle uh, wasn't much of a sports guy. Usually not, um, no. Really, but I think like... Not even growing up, so... Yeah, yeah, no, but I think oh, it was something maybe to do, that. like a mix of his upbringing and the fact like that, like he wanted his kids to feel good about themselves. That I guess. My, our uncle had, so we had some like actually moments where things got kind of like God, got physical, man. Like it got physical with, and got very heated on over holidays for some of these. Right. Where we'd be playing these games that were supposed to and, be for fun, but people would eventually be like taken out their like insecurities during these games. And it was right. kind of odd because we were, we're not oh, yeah. an athletic family not, at all. Not like, especially. Not at no. all. Should not care about <laughs> yeah. sports in any no. way. But during those times, like, it got, like, competitive. And, uh, it did. And, yeah, like, so, I don't know. Sports brings out, like, things in people, oh, I yeah. think, you know. Yeah. It, the, like, these occasions sport. were happening even when we were kids, you know, like, younger kids as well. So, I mean, it made it different. Right. So, yeah. And, Yeah. It was just weird. Well, like, and this uncle we're kind of talking about, like, he would have those moments where he'd talk about how, like, there'd be a baseball game. And oh, he'd be yeah. like, I prepared my kids for right. the game, you know, <laughs> like that sort of thing, you know? Oh, yeah. Be like, they know what's going on. And, like, <laughs> we've, been, we've been training and, like, we know what's happening. And, <laughs> yeah, those were, those were some weird, weird times. But, yeah, it, it kind of brings that aspect of, of, like, how competitive some people can get. And how, yeah, like it can result how parents to get way too into these, oh, yeah. like yeah. their kids' sporting events, you know. And it can be more damaging than I think anything else. You know, it's it's a, it's it gets scary for like people that don't take it as competitive, because then all of a sudden, when one person's taking it so competitive, it's like can be dangerous for others. So, for the other yeah. people that aren't, sometimes. So it's definitely. Weird. I always felt bad for the the kids growing up who it seemed like their parents really pushed them to. Oh yeah. Even if it seemed at the time like they were also just as into it as their parents were, I always felt bad for the ones that it seemed like their whole life revolved around doing this sport. And it's like you know you're like your parents are the ones taking all this. You know you're not necessarily right. voluntarily bringing yourself to do all this. Uh, right. Yeah. And I played tennis growing up, and there's a lot of that. Yeah oh yeah like, yeah definitely fucking, a lot of uh, wealthy will smiths of the world will you know? smith, yeah right yeah 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 <laughs> trying to create yeah. the next serenas and venus the richards <laughs> the richards of the world the richard uh williams yeah the richard williams of the world i remember mm-hmm. i had i was in this one tennis class growing up where the dad said that your backhand is your most accurate shot so instead of having a forehand and a backhand he forced his daughter to have a double backhand oh gosh meaning Whoa. both shots are backhands oh. and then and it's just like that's such like a fucked up thing to me to think of a dad <laughs> right. forcing yeah. a child to to play a sport a certain way that's like not 
normally played that like that um, just to get like an upper hand. Uh, basically, it just seems like he's only thinking methodically about uh, how to prime his daughter to become a, a tennis star. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's like if you grow up in very basic areas, which I think we kind of did. Mm. Um there's like not the outlets for childhood activity are so closed in. You'd think there'd be so much, you know, that there'd be to do, but it really, I remember, I recall it being all sports and totally, like all yeah. the time, well. you know? And I mean, I was fine with it because I liked sports mm-hmm. and I had a lot of, you know, energy and ADD to get out. Sports were perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking back on it, like, the lack of things that were done like i don't know into other into the amount of interests that you could encourage a kid to have and then you give them probably the most mindless and actually like probably most useless one for their future is like kind of insane um because i look back on my time with sports especially like high school football Mm. i'm like wow what a waste of time and like all the like care and stuff that was put into sports as a kid. Yeah. Like how like much sports are treated as important when they are laughably not important. Oh, no. And totally. they really don't teach you anything. Really. No. Um, and most so... of the coaches growing up, they they treat you like everyone in, in that's playing on your certain team, whether it's football or whatever, is like they act like everyone's going to go professional. You know, everyone's going to do this yeah. for the rest of their life. They're like, we're going to practice from right after school's over till eight o'clock at night, you know, every day it's like conditioning yeah. every day. It's like, and then your team goes like two and eight and it's like, well, <laughs> right. Know, yeah. But I did all this work. It's like, I'm obviously, I knew from early on that like you either know early on if it's like, am I going to be a professional or not? Probably like I assume and the small amount that do it's so rare. But then as a kid, it was like, later on i'm like well why did i do all that like i i didn't i didn't become a professional yeah it was like i don't know you just like didn't know what else to do like right. that's the yeah, thing that's that like that's key. what you do like and all my friends were doing high school, it that's it was... how i met everybody you know i <laughs> right, didn't know how yeah. i would have met anybody else right yeah Definitely. yeah it's kind of like it's all romanticized you want to make the team and then you make the team and you're like well, i gotta go to practice every day this. for <laughs> two hours after school and do all and then right, go to games. Yeah. We got to travel. Like, why do we? Yeah. Right. What's the... I remember being so happy in high school when I quit sports. Mm. And like, I had the one year, I believe it was senior year, where I didn't play a single sport. That was probably the best year. Just open <laughs> schedule, like not having to deal with any sports. Yep. Senior year was also the only year I did not play any sports. Right. And that right. was way better. Like, <laughs> it made my life that much easier. And by then, I think most of my friends had realized that sports were not like for them in, in high school. So we all, right. Just yeah. Not to do it. Yeah. I still remember like the football team. Uh, like, they were kind of short on players, I think, one year. And so they were going out to all these people who were like played the freshman sophomore year and who didn't play as much basically trying to get us to join the team to fill up the bench. And I remember luckily like uh, me and like a bunch of them like had the self-respect to be like, uh, like, no, you guys just want us to play because you don't have a bench this year. 
and you guys just want us to fill up your bench like fuck you like this is not what you know like we don't have to say fuck you i guess i'm being a little harsh there but (laughs) um but like we like we don't have to deal with two to three a day practices go to a camp like get dehydrated for a whole summer like doing all those unreasonable football drills where they're little, literally killing you all for like nothing for us. Mm, you know what I mean? There's lot, not yeah. like to realize there's nothing in it for us. Like I actually like look back on that and go like, Oh, good for us for like turning <laughs> down. not playing uh, yeah. football. Yeah. You know, my, my high school had a bad way of going about it. That was much harder to quit the football team. Fun fact. You had to meet with the head coach one-on-one and tell him face-to-face that you weren't quitting or that you were quitting. So <laughs> everyone had me, one-on-one. You're going like, like, yeah, to yeah. look me Be right in the face and tell me that I'm not playing. So I was, I was pretty proud of myself the day, I think in like sophomore, junior year that I was, I went in the office and I'm just like, no, I'm not doing it. Like not doing it, you know, but as a kid, like you think like, oh, it's so terrifying to tell my coach, like I'm not going right, to play right. anymore. The coaches know? are so scary. <laughs> They're yeah. so scary, you know, and it's like, oh my God. But then after I said it, he was just like, all right, Brennan, that's okay. And I was like, this was not <laughs> as scary as I thought, you know, like this is not right. as terrifying. So but yeah, like this was a good thread. I thought figured we'd have like, oh yeah, I don't know. Get so like, cause when we talked about accepted, I remember we talked a lot about our own like, yeah, own applying family. to college and how crazy it was. So I feel like right. it's, this is like a similar line of that, you know, just kind of like the absurdities of growing up in suburbia. You know, it's like the absurdities. You know, college and college and sports are like kind of similar um, levels of absurdity to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all ties in together. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if we have anything left to say about kicking and screaming. I, uh, I feel like we've done it. For I feel the like most, we dug. Feel like we dug into it pretty well. For the most part, I mean. I guess we can. Robert Duvall does kick a kid in the pool at the yeah, end. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when yeah. Will, uh, Will Ferrell pushes a no kid, Robert mind, Duvall so. kicks yeah. a kid into the pool. No and parents that's say anything. Funny so. too. Yeah, no parents say anything. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be like, I think it's supposed to be, supposed to be the weird kid. You know? Right, like yeah. Like, like, <laughs> it's, it's okay to push him. Right, they're like, he should get pushed in the pool. And then, like, the, basically the movie ends and they both have put their like businesses together or buck weston owns the sporting goods stores and phil weston owns the vitamin store so now they are working together instead of phil closing his business and working for his dad I forgot about the uh, Robert Duvall like infomercials too. Right, right, right. Infomercials, commercials. I got ball. Right. <laughs> another very <laughs> like, <laughs> another very like cheap like juvenile. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> and vitamins. And vitamins. I'm like, when that like commercial played and Brendan, we like finished the movie. I remember being like, wow, this is what I watched. Yeah, wow, I got yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, man, what is great? We got balls. We got balls. And vitamins. <laughs>
Oh, it's great. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I mean, a, I, 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 I think that's just trying a, to be funny. Right. It was just like it was an amateurish way to try to be funny at the end with the. With I'm the, the prince of vitamins. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, that's kicking and screaming, guys. Everyone begged for it, so we gave it to them. Giving the right. people what they want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That was. Uh, I, I hope that ends everyone's. Everyone had a great summer and that ends your summer well being able to reminisce on childhood soccer days and because uh, that's what will farrell and the team and the crew made it for uh yeah brendan thanks for coming back uh, of course of course i, love, I really I love, appreciate I it. Love it i love this like trio i think we've had some good episodes together um, kind of some of my favorites so i love having you on uh, yeah guys appreciate you guys having me on i love this collab love being here for for good movies that we we watched in our childhood and whatnot and yeah lots of good movies still to come this year so it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year yeah and uh your criterion thing is definitely legendary. it's a legendary splurge i i appreciate you so, letting me uh talk about my my splurge on the podcast i think it was it was definitely right. noteworthy i don't i i don't know how i'll top myself next july we'll have to see yeah so. it was, that was yeah so that's cool to note on and like uh we'll make sure to in the edit try to like uh put in your uh your uh, your comic thing to try to plug that yeah. for you. Yeah, the comic stuff. Keep it rolling. That. And, and uh, yeah, I love being here. Maybe with the you next guys. time you have on will be Christmas because I remember. Oh man! Like, last time we My had Christmas you on, watches we, like, are big. Up jingle so. all the way, and I think we talked about yeah. other like ridiculous christmas movies i know you're like you're like oh yeah a i'm a, movie guy, I'm a so big christmas can... movie guy i do a list every year for letterbox i think my list last year had like 40 or 50 so we were pretty high on right. watching the christmas so, yeah maybe during the holidays you'll come back and uh always we'll love to christmas movies for that sure. sounds amazing looking forward to it appreciate it all right, so yeah, follow us on Instagram, follow us on, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, again, if you came from the Misfit Pond, I um, hope you are liking our content. Uh, we will be, uh, we'll be back soon with more some more stuff. I think Jake, our producer, is doing an episode about Babe Pig in the City uh, next awesome. month. So actually, Classic. that's a very interesting one. I actually would look forward to listening to that for myself. Uh, so yeah, that's um, that's a wrap on this one.